Hello and welcome to Strat News Global. I am Subrat Nanda and joining me from London is Benedict Rogers, Chief Executive of Hong Kong Watch, to talk about the state of affairs in the former British colony. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you. Very good to be with you. What's the crux of the changes proposed by Beijing to Hong Kong's electoral laws? Essentially, it's the complete dismantling of uh, whatever remained of any form of democracy. So it it means that uh, essentially the legis- legislative council uh, will be entirely handpicked by Beijing. It will be packed with people who are uh, loyal to the Chinese Communist Party regime. And the same uh, goes for the body that will choose the chief executive, the the technically the leader of of the Hong Kong government. Um, Now, that has already been the case. They had an inbuilt majority in both bodies, but they're now uh, uh, exerting total control and and wanting uh, pretty much every seat uh, to be uh, in the pocket of Beijing. The Electoral Committee is already packed with Beijing loyalists. What was the need to tinker with it further? Well, that's a very good question. It's a question I think all of us are are asking. Um, I think uh, this seems to be a, a desire by, by Beijing and by Xi Jinping to, to show um, absolutely total control and to remove any fig leaves of democracy that, that previously existed. And it represents the, the complete final destruction of one country, two systems and of the promises that were made to the people of Hong Kong under the Sino-British Joint Declaration. There was no need for it. Beijing was already in control, but it seems to be their desire to pursue a, a really vindictive vendetta against any form of dissent and, and, and a, any pro-democracy politicians. The buzzword at the National People's Congress in defense of the proposed changes was patriotism. What would you say? Well, I would say that uh, uh, the overwhelming majority of pro-democracy legislators in the Legislative Council in, in the past and uh, and the vast majority of candidates are, are absolutely patriotic. And what they seem to be saying is that patriotism uh, and loyalty to the Chinese Communist Party are the same thing. And I would say they're, they're not the same thing at all. Uh, loyalty to your country is uh, something distinct from loyalty to a regime. Um, yeah. It's true that there were a small minority of, of, of politicians who ad- advocated uh, self-determination or localism or, or some form of independence, um, but they were a very small minority. And, and uh, the people that Beijing has gone after, including those who were charged under the national security law last week, um, were very moderate uh, Democrats who were loyal to China. They didn't question China's sovereignty, but they simply wanted the promise of of democracy and human rights to be upheld. Those 47 guys who were uh, arrested under the national security law, it's very strange that some of them were granted bail, but the rest were not. The charges were equally applied to everyone. That's correct. Uh, and even worse is the fact that uh, even though some of them were granted bail, the government then appealed uh, against that decision. And it's uh, expected that it's highly likely that that decision will be reversed. So in practical terms, uh, Actually, none of them uh, have bail and, and they're all still in, in detention. I think it was possibly um, uh, a gesture by, uh, by, by the judge um, in the knowledge that it was likely to be reversed, but trying to 
make some gesture of leniency uh, in the case of some of them. But as you say, they're all facing the same charges. So it's it's hard to understand. The Legislative Council election has already been delayed by a year. Now there is talk of it being delayed even further. In effect, is Hong Kong moving towards selection and not election? Yes, that's exactly what's, what's happening. Uh, it was delayed uh, for a year using the COVID-19 pandemic as, uh, as the excuse for that. Um, and uh, now they're, they're introducing these changes to uh, ensure that they completely pack the legislature and, and uh, uh, that pro-democracy candidates have, have no chance of, uh, of even contesting, let alone being elected. And I suppose they're delaying for another year to to give themselves time to to ensure that uh, uh, they put in place a system that exactly to use the word you've you've just uh, given uh, is is a selection rather than an election. You first had the national security law imposed, after which freedom freedom was severely curtailed and activists were jailed. Now, whatever they are planning, is it the final nail in the coffin of democracy there? Yes, I think it definitely is, uh, unless. Uh, international pressure can be exerted to such an extent that in the future things uh, are changed. But for the for the immediate term, as far as one can see, it, it is indeed the, the final nail. I mean, there have been quite a number of final nails, and you would have thought that the national security law itself, uh, which is so draconian that it stifles uh, pretty much all forms of freedom of expression, one would have thought that would be enough to satisfy Beijing's desire to exert total control on Hong Kong, but it seems they're they're going uh, as as far as they possibly can uh, to dismantle any any semblance of democracy or or freedom. So, the body of Hong Kong's democracy and freedom has been in the coffin for for some while now, um, and the nails keep being hammered in. And um, uh, these latest announcements certainly are uh, the some of the final nails, I think. In the basic law, Beijing had talked about universal suffrage, but it's moving in just the opposite direction. How can Beijing be held to account, if at all? Yes, I mean, it's essentially torn up uh, both the basic law, which is Hong Kong's uh, mini constitution, uh, and the Sino-British Joint Declaration, which is an international treaty uh, registered at the United Nations, signed by Britain and China. Uh, And I think the international community, particularly the, the United Kingdom, but together with its allies, needs to do everything possible to to hold China to account for this. Uh, I believe that we need uh, uh, as really robust, uh, targeted uh, sanctions against officials in the Chinese and Hong Kong governments who are responsible for this. Uh, I think we also need some sanctions against uh, state-owned enterprises that are uh, associated with grave human rights violations uh, in China. Uh, and we ought to be looking at um, ways to hold China to account um, through through international uh, judicial uh, mechanisms. Um, there are a lot of challenges with that because uh, the International Court of Justice, um, China, I'm sure, would not turn up if a case was, was made. But um, nevertheless, perhaps a, a case could be brought there, even if China doesn't show up. Uh, so, so that at least the spotlight uh, is put on on China's breaches uh, of international agreements and of Hong Kong's own constitution. So, the international community and the UK in particular should be looking at every possible way of exerting pressure uh, to to hold the regime to account. 
is the us doing enough given that joe biden has said beijing is enemy number 1 or rather challenger number 1 but at the same time he has said he is willing to engage with beijing when it serves american interests yes i i mean i think the us uh has has to be fair led the way uh on these issues and certainly the previous administration uh was particularly strong uh and president biden's um rhetoric has been um somewhat reassuring uh but uh i think it is a mistake and it would be a a very big mistake if he were to go back to the approach of the obama administration of of trying to uh of of thinking that one can persuade the leaders in beijing i think we've we've, we've long passed the time where talking to them alone uh is going to make any difference that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk to them i i'm certainly not an advocate of of any attempt to try to isolate them because i i don't think that's pra- practical but i think you should combine uh uh critical engagement um uh with uh, real uh pressure in the form of of sanctions so i think uh i hope the biden administration will keep in place the sanctions that the previous administration put uh imposed uh and that it will look to to do more in in the form of sanctions particularly in response to the the news regarding hong kong in the last few days do you see a beijing hand in whatever is happening in myanmar now yes i mean i follow myanmar very closely and have worked on myanmar for uh more than 20 years uh and uh the the coup and the crackdown that's followed followed the coup is absolutely devastating for myanmar it's set the country back uh decades it's re- reversed uh uh 10 years of uh, albeit very fragile um political reform and i do see china's hand in it in some form i i'm not suggesting necessarily and there's no evidence to suggest that that china was behind the coup but i think first of all it's very interesting that general min ong lai the coup leader met with chinese foreign minister wang yi uh, a few weeks before the coup and it's uh very difficult to conceive of the idea that he didn't seek uh beijing's um support or or approval um uh for the coup uh, in, in in that meeting uh and at the very least uh e- even if they didn't approve it they certainly have done nothing to oppose it uh and at the united nations they've they've blocked efforts uh at the security council to take any action uh they're a major provider of of arms uh to the military um chinese state media described the coup uh as uh, simply a, a a major cabinet reshuffle um and uh and and it's complicit with this in in a variety of other ways so uh it may not have instigated it but it's certainly um it's certainly complicit with it on that note ben thanks very much for your time thank you very much thank you